Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So nice to see everyone. Oh, such enthusiasm today. Lovely. So we're going to actually, <laughs> from that positive energy, we're going to go quickly to, um, to a bit of a challenging uh, parak in the Torah. Really difficult one. Um, if you still have your chumash, you're welcome to follow along with me. Uh, it's the very bottom of page 883. You don't, you don't need it though, so it's okay. But in chapter 20, Moshe has a horrific time. Really a horrible time. The chapter begins with Moshe and Aaron losing their sister Miriam. The chapter ends with Moshe's brother Aaron, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, dying. And in between, they learn that neither Aaron or Moshe are going to be leading the children of Israel into the land of Israel. In other words, that the dream that they had for years, and the dream that probably carried them forward through all the struggles, was not going to end in the way that they expected. That is a lot of loss, a lot of tsuris for a very short period of time. We don't know exactly how long they were there for. The rabbis discussed that. It's not clear. But it's presented in one relatively short chapter. And then there's the people fighting with Moshe that happens, which includes also the story of hitting the rock. So I actually just want to tell this story just for a moment um, in order of how it proceeds. But I also want to begin with a question I'm going to attempt to answer, which is one that comes up a lot. And I think if we look at this text, it sort of jumps out at us pretty quickly. And the question is that when Miriam dies, it describes in one verse her death, she dies there, and that she's buried there, and that is it. When Aaron dies, at the end of the chapter, it says the entire assembly saw that Aaron had passed away, and they cried for him for 30 days, the entire house of Israel. There is a big difference there. In one case, there is nothing said about her at all. In the other case, the Torah teaches that the entire Ben Israel, the whole nation, are weeping. I think one easy conclusion is that we could say that perhaps it was, you know, they didn't think she was so important. Maybe it's because she was a woman, which actually comes up in some of the commentaries. But I want to share with you um, a different potential answer. It'll take me a moment to get there. So if by the end they don't come back to it, you can say, hey, Yaakov, what about the answer to the question? So they arrive to this place, to meet Bartzin, and as I said, Miriam dies. And she's buried there. The next words in the Torah, without skipping a beat, is the community was without water. And they joined against Moshe and Aaron. They created a mob and they came to him and said, We need water. 
We're thirsty. There's no water. They run away from the mob. They go to the Holy of Holies, bow down to God. God appears to them and says, Moshe, what's the instruction? Moshe, go and talk to the rock. The rock will give the people water. Moshe and Aaron go. Moshe lifts up his stick. What does he do? He smacks it and smacks it twice. And water comes out. Before doing that, though, Moshe actually yells at the people. And he calls them rebels. Morim. You rebels, you think I can get water out of this rock? And he smashes it twice. Water comes out. And then Hashem, God, is actually mad and Moshe and Aaron shares their punishment. And then Aaron dies. The rabbis jump on very quickly again to this question of Miriam's death and no response. And the rabbis say that because one verse comes right after the other, without missing a beat, the Torah says they didn't have water. There is a midrash from Tanit 9a that comes and teaches us, which I imagine many of us know, it's a pretty popular one, that there's a connection between the two. That while Miriam was alive, there was a well of water, Be'er Miriam, Really a well, spring of water that would travel with them and that because of Miriam's merit everywhere they would go they would have water and as soon as she passed away this miraculous source of water was no longer available to them which is why the people realized right away they were thirsty and they run to Moshe and Aaron and they say hey we no longer have water so Rabbi Yossi in the Gemara says there's clearly a connection over there. The people felt the loss. The Kliyakal, Shlomo Ephraim of Lunchitz, who lived in the 17th century, explains that it was actually, this loss of water was actually a punishment. It was a punishment for the fact that they actually didn't mourn her. That it's not that the water stopped immediately, but because they didn't give Miriam, the one who took care of her younger brother, who saved him, right? Moshe's name, Minamai Mishitiu, being saved from the water, was because of Miriam's care and watching him as he was in the Nile. It was Miriam who led the people. According to a Midrash, it was Miriam who convinced her father to go back to having relationships with, um, with her mother that actually led to Moshe being born when all the men decided they were no longer going to have sex with women because they thought all the babies were going to just die and be thrown into the, into the Nile and killed. And Miriam stood up against that. It is Miriam who taught the people to dance with joy when they get to the other side of the Yamsuf. And now she's gone the water was there in her merit, and the people don't even mourn. So according to Kliyakal, it's really a message about people, 
communities recognizing their leadership, valuing their leadership. There's another commentary, the Yalkuchimani, who takes the same direction, but a little bit differently. And he explains that in fact, losing the water was not punishment, but was meant to teach them of the importance to mourn for Miriam, was to recognize the loss. It wasn't a punishment for not mourning, but it was actually to, to direct their attention towards respecting and valuing Miriam's life. The problem was, according to the Yalkuchimoni, is that the result was too big for the people. It was too big. That in a way, Yalkuchimoni is actually saying that God miscalculated. That by having them lose their water, which was so essential, they missed the point entirely. So I want to actually retell the story one more time of what happens. This is according to the Yalkuchimoni. Miriam dies, they lose water, the water is meant to remind them that they need to mourn her, bury her properly, care for Moshe and Aaron, but instead they were really thirsty. Moshe and Aaron were in fact doing what they were supposed to be doing. The Torah doesn't tell us this, but that's what Yalkut Shimon says, that they were mourning Miriam, that they were having, you know, the moments that they needed, they were sitting Shiva, and the people start running towards them. Yalkuchimani says that Aaron and Moshe see this crowd coming towards them, and Aaron says, hey, I think they're coming to care for us. These are the descendants of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, Sarah, Rachel, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah, and they are the children of people who bestowed kindness, so clearly they're coming now to show kindness. And Moshe says, I don't think so, Aaron. I don't think they are coming right now to show us kindness. I think there is some pent-up energy, some grumbling. They're coming to complain about something, as they always do. And Moshe was right. They were coming to complain about the lack of water. A moment of fear. And in that moment of fear, they couldn't comfort their great leaders and instead focused on their own immediate need, which, by the way, was a really big need. And so they run away. And God sees them bowing down. And what does Hashem actually say to them? There's no time for you to mourn. You actually have to go take care of the people now. According to the Yalkuchimoni, all of this is actually pointing at the importance of caring for anyone who is struggling, ensuring that people have the space that they need to deal with their struggles. And sometimes there are communal emergencies, and yes, those will come first, as in the case of not having water. But most of the time, these things can wait a little bit, or can be dealt with a little differently. So the answer I want to share for the original question of why is Aaron treated differently, is that I want to suggest that in fact the people learned. This is the Torah teaching us that actually that the people changed. There was a tikkun. 
that in the case of Miriam, they got it wrong. They focused on themselves. But in the case of Aaron, they got it right. And they did both parts. They themselves wept. They themselves, they themselves felt the loss. But they also gave Moshe the space to feel the loss. As I think many of you know, um, these last few months have been quite difficult for our spiritual leadership team. They've been hard ones. So Rabbi Friar Bazin mentioned her last trip to Israel, where she went on March of Living, and when she came back, uh, was in the hospital for a while, dealing with an infection. Shortly after that, our artist in residence, Aviva Chernik, uh, lost her beloved father. Uh, a little over a week ago, Danielle Silverman's father had open-heart surgery. Reb Steve is in Israel right now. Um, thankfully, his father is healthy at the moment, but they both celebrated their birthdays together in Israel. And we know that for Reb Steve, that is an ongoing concern. And uh, Cantor Klein, Cantor Audrey, who uh, had the seventh Aliyah today, um, just lost her mother two weeks ago and is actually starting a little bit later in her role with us um, as she just got up from Shiva last week. And so, Kendra Adri, I'll just say to you now in front of everyone, because we haven't had a chance yet, Hamakom yinachem etchem, betoch shal avlei tzion Yerushalayim. We pray that you are comforted among the mourners of Zion and Jerusalem and that you don't experience any suffering for a very long time. So it's a moment right now where our team is, uh, is a little fragile in general. A little fragile. Um, and I have to say that I've been really grateful for the way that the community has responded um, in this, these moments of hardship. I will say for myself that when my, my mother passed away five years ago, um, it's one of the things actually that has really um, made me want to continue to work here in this community is because I really felt um, cared for. I felt cared for then, I felt cared for, which is 18 months ago when I had my bike accident and so many of you took care of me. Um, and as we try to model um, chesed and bikur cholim and kindness, um, I've experienced in this community um, that in return. So just a bit of a reminder to um, be gentle with us over this next little bit. And I actually just wanted to end with um, one of the great um, ways in which I feel comfort here in this community um, is that I get to talk about my struggles and the challenges openly, um, especially my, my grief around my mother. And so I'm going to end with doing that one more time now. Um, so my, my mother's name was Sylvia. And she was, um, she was really strong. Dealt with cancer for five years um, and was showed tremendous strength within that time. Uh, six months before her, her death, some of you have heard me say this before, she traveled to Israel to see the birth of my sister's first child with an oxygen tank, schlepping it around with her in order to be there. Um, and then she passed away in January on her birthday, just as Moshe also passed away on his birthday. And... Um, my wife was uh, quite pregnant at the time. And four months later, actually closer, three and a half months later, my son Sela was born. And you've seen him usually with his long curly hair, which we've now cut. It's a bit shorter, running around the shul. 
Um, and we named Sela for my mother. So Sela for Sylvia. Um, and Sylvia, her, her, um, her Jewish or Yiddish name was Zissel, which means sweet. And so we wanted something that sounded like it. So Sela, which sounds like Sylvia a little bit, but it's also because of her, her strength. So my mother was really strong like a rock, but also extremely giving. And so it was actually connected to this Torah reading today. So we named him um, Sela Matan, which, what does Sela mean? The rock, right? The rock that Moshe is supposed to talk to but hits instead is the, um, is, that's called not an Evan, but a Sela. And so we named him Sela Matan as the giving rock in memory of my mother who was um, strong like a rock, resilient, but also extremely sweet and giving. Um, I'll use this as a reminder to not take, oh, there is Sela right now. Um, use this as a reminder to not take for granted those in our lives, whether it's leadership, whether it's our mothers or the people closest to us, and the ones who find their ways to sustain us, maybe with water or everything else that we need in life. Shabbat Shalom, everyone.